You are listening to the Spectral Skull Session. Tales from the twilight world of myth, mystery, and imagination. The idea behind this podcast is that we explore claims about the occult, supernatural, and paranormal from an analytical standpoint. We're open to the existence of a world beyond the five senses, and we dismiss that dogmatic skepticism that insists that any story about the unexplained has to reduce to hallucinations or swamp gas. But we're not committed to any particular theory or philosophy about what the paranormal is, and we realize that whatever is out there, the answer is likely to be more complicated than any existing model or theory. What we bring to the table is small s skepticism, a skepticism that we throw as much on the mainstream accounts as we do on the supernatural story. Okay, let's get started. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. This is the Spectral Skull Session. I'm your host, Dane. Congress finally about to use legislation to compel those secret UFO programs to give up the goods. But before that, let me make some announcements. We are going to be transitioning to our summertime esotericism content. Last summer, I did a whole series on occult literature and personages. You know, the Book of Enoch, rocket engineer and occultist Jack Parsons. I did an episode on Aleister Crowley and some other things. I loved it. I need to do these episodes, not so much for the audience. I got to do it for me because I don't have a complete handle on the paranormal tradition. And it's something that I just, there's a lot I need to read about. And for those of you who just don't subscribe to that, I think you should understand where I'm coming from methodologically. You know, it comes from Jacques Vallée, this French scientist and UFO enthusiast. He's one of the biggest UFO guys alive today. He says, the phenomena of abductions, of light seen in the sky, of strange orbs, flying disks, this phenomena is somehow continuous with fairy people, with a whole world of the occult, at least in Europe, from what he knows of the European history and European literature. And, um, and so I'm following with that. I, I want to evaluate that and get a real good handle on it. So I always try to look at uh, something that's esoteric or something that's occult that some way is going to touch base with the UFO stuff, because I do think that UFOs are the phenomena, as James Fox likes to call it, is kind of what, what hangs everything together. But um, I, again, it's, you know, it's part of my philosophical training and my belief in this Renaissance humanistic tradition of Anfantes. We have to go back and we have to look at the older sources and we have to figure out what do they have to say that we might be missing today. You know, we got to make sure that we've uh, dotted our T's and, and we know what we're talking about. So I got to do that, even if it's not like... Uh, the biggest thriller for some people, although I think our Jack Parsons episode is one of the best episodes the show's ever done. And uh, I love that stuff. So I love these weird, uh, underappreciated books and people from the past. Oh, and I, I'd like to say one other thing, which is that, you know, I have my skeptical turns myself. 
there are times when I just think this stuff is all just really ridiculous. You know, my own dispositions kind of shift around. And when I'm in that kind of a mindset, I like to be like, well, you know, it's all social phenomena. Like, this is all history. This is psychology. This is the way human beings are. They're weirdly obsessed with men coming out of the sky and they're weirdly obsessed with communicating telepathically with beings and kind of keeps it interesting for me even when I'm in one of my darker moods. So I, I would think the audience might, there might be people like that out there who you also feel that way, or maybe you always feel that way. You always feel like it's, it's bunk, but isn't it interesting as a study in the way human beings are? Like, this is the kind of stuff that people are preoccupied with. They've been preoccupied with these same sorts of things throughout history, and it's not changing. So I think that's cool, or at least interesting, even if there aren't any aliens or ultra-terrestrials. And I got to go back and do that stuff. Now, the show's been growing, so we can afford it. So we used to be, uh, we've doubled. We've doubled our listenership on a monthly basis. So the show has twice as many downloads now per month as it did the same time last year. So thank you very much, everybody. I really appreciate it. We are getting the truth out there. And by the truth, I mean the rational exploration of the range of possibilities. All right, so now let's get to it. The main story for today, the question of whether covert organizations connected to the U.S. government are in possession of non-human technology. It's been blowing up all June. It's been UFO summer. Uh, ever since the New York Times veteran reporters, Leslie Keene and Ralph Blumenthal, published an article that involved an interview with a highly accredited and vouchsafed UFO whistleblower. That man, 36-year-old David Grush, is a veteran who served in Afghanistan. He worked in at least two different UFO organizations. He says he was involved in a Pentagon internal investigation into UFOs from 2021 to 22. And he told them that in the course of his investigation, he spoke to numerous people inside the Pentagon and intelligence community who vouched serious concerns about illegally concealed UFO crash retrieval and back engineering programs. Now, that same week, the first story broke. Grush went on News Nation and gave a bizarre interview talking about UFOs that split apart like pies, other UFOs that dilate time, a UFO captured by Mussolini and concealed by the Vatican. It was all very much like something out of a Dan Brown or Tom DeLonge fantasy novel. But the weird twist, people just keep coming forward to say this is legit. Now, Senate Republican Josh Hawley, he's gone forward saying he's been talking to people. Again, they're saying this is for real. People inside the government attesting that indeed UFOs are being covered up by the government. Congress is now planning on holding hearings with House Republicans Tim Burchett and Anna Polina Luna co-chairing, and they're writing new legislation, bipartisan legislation, to put an end to these alleged UFO programs and finally really force these alleged secret covert programs to reveal what they know. 
Now, I'll get to that congressional uh, legislation at the end. But first, Representative Mike Gallagher, he is a Republican from Wisconsin. He spoke to News Nation also, and he's now the first American congressperson to lay out the real range of possible explanations for what these UFOs might be. Before we get into this, let's say something quickly. I have noticed that people will balk at certain things. They balk, they will throw their hands up and snort and walk away if they hear something that is too far outside the range of what they're comfortable with. And I just like to challenge the audience not to do that. I don't think there's anything rational about the balking protocol. It's not a rational protocol. You're acting like a horse. The rational thing to do is to lay out the possibilities and then figure out what would it take for these possibilities to be true? What would it take for these possibilities to be false? And then figure it out. Are they true or are they false? We can't do that, though, if we don't lay the possibilities out there and articulate them. So here's what Mike Gallagher told News Nation. He said his point of entry into this topic was the possibility that human adversaries of the United States have built these UFOs. He's concerned about China, I guess Russia. It really seems like Russia is not one of our peer competitors anymore, but um, somebody, maybe India, might have built a UFO, and that's what's flying around. That's how he got interested in this topic, but he's also said that aliens is another possibility. Now he's also laid out two more. He talked about the so-called Terminator theory, that aliens are actually humans from the future. This idea has been developed elsewhere. Michael P. Masters, he is a professor of biological anthropology at Montana Technological University. He has written a book called Identified Flying Objects, where he argues that given our rapid rate of scientific advancement, we will likely have mastered time travel in the near future. And he believes the best explanation for why the greys or the humanoid creatures that people encounter, why they look like us is because they are us from the future. And so that's one possibility that uh, apparently Mike Gallagher is willing to continence and say out loud in an interview to News Nation. And I'm proud of him for that. That makes him one of the good guys that he didn't balk like a horse. And then he said another possibility. It could actually be, this is a quote, it could actually be an ancient civilization that's just been hiding here and is now showing itself, end quote. And so the idea that another biological civilization native to our planet, that's known as the crypto-terrestrial hypothesis. Now, Gallagher didn't call it that, but you know, if you listen to the show, I'm a big fan of the crypto-terrestrial hypothesis in the sense that it's one of the hypotheses that I really enjoy uh, teasing out what it might look like. Uh, we actually have an episode called Crypto Terrestrials that starts from a discussion of the uh, Missouri native, Mac Tonys, and the book he wrote, Ponymous Crypto Terrestrial Book, where he says uh, he thinks that what we think are aliens are just beings that have been hiding and living among us. Uh, people will roll their eyes and say, where would they have hidden and wouldn't they have left 
ruins behind. Uh, my answer in reverse order, first of all, yes, they would have left ruins behind, but they probably did it so long ago, I'm talking at least hundreds of thousands of years ago, that the ruins have largely degraded. Some might still be preserved underwater and they're yet to be uncovered. And, you know, there may be some things that we dig up that then just archaeologists refuse to take seriously. We hear about these uh, out-of-place artifacts, like the Baghdad battery, uh, where it's like, doesn't really seem to belong to uh, the technological timeline. And so people just kind of like ignore it. It's possible that that's evidence that's right in plain sight and we won't look at. But then how about that question? Well, where would they have hidden? Well, they may have picked up and moved to somewhere else on our solar system. And uh, this is an idea developed. Uh, James Hogan wrote a book back in the 70s called Inherit the Stars, where human beings land on the moon. And then uh, they set up a space station on the moon. And as they're moving around on the moon, they find a mummified human corpse. And they're like, uh-oh, what is this? Because nobody, nobody has ever been to this particular part of the moon before. And this corpse is mummified. It's been dead for quite a long time. Well, eventually they discover that humans have actually been spacefaring before in the past. And we are just now in the process of discovering uh, the ruins of our ancient ancestors. So it's a great book. Actually, it's not a great book. I read it. I, had to, I went to great lengths to find this book. And uh, it's interesting, the first like 100 pages, but then it, it just really loses the plot. And so I actually don't recommend reading it, but I was glad to like get the idea. There's a better book out developing the idea of uh, that humans could split into different subspecies. It's more recent. Neil Stephenson, he's a huge sci-fi writer. He wrote a book, Seven Eves, which I do recommend reading. And that book, uh, it starts with a scenario where the moon gets broken up by a celestial event, never explained. Fragments of the moon are flying around and then they start bumping into each other. And uh, the moon basically tries to reform. But as it reforms, it produces such a cloud of debris that the scientists on Earth say, we're not going to make it. Eventually, this cloud of debris is going to render Earth uninhabitable. So the human race has a couple of years to figure out how to find odd places in local space to hide out in. And, uh, you know, I don't want to give away too much of the book, but that book really develops the idea that a terrible disaster could lead to the bifurcation of the human race. And if you look at people who are really popular in modern esotericism right now, like Graham Hancock or the guy we had on the show just recently, Bruce Fenton, they both advance this idea that there were terrible ecological disasters in the past million years. Um, and so, you know, maybe that's what caused the human race to bifurcate. At least that's a way to make sense of the crypto-terrestrial hypothesis. We would have bifurcated during a disaster, and now we'd be meeting up again uh, in some sense for the first time. Although maybe they've sent, maybe they've been sending, you know, covert craft back to see us for hundreds or thousands of years. Who knows? Uh, so that's that. Crypto-terrestrial hypothesis, time-traveling hypothesis, aliens, human adversaries. It's all on the table for Republican Mike Gallagher. Now, he is an interesting guy because he actually has a PhD from Georgetown and he has 
trying to check on my computer. He has a master's degree from the uh, National Intelligence University. And so I feel like he's got to be a, a somewhat legitimate person. Now, let's finish the episode. What is going on with Congress? We just got to get this out there. They're drafting new legislation to really make it hard to hide those UFOs if they exist. The Hill, a D.C.-based publication, they've gotten their hands on a draft of the legislation. And so I'm just going to read it for you. I'm going to read a, an excerpt from it. Quote, any person currently or former under contract with the federal government that has in their possession material or information provided by or derived from the federal government relating to unidentified anomalous phenomena that formerly or currently by any form relating to special access or restricted access programs shall not later than 60 days after the date of the enactment of this act notify the director of such possession and not later than 180 days after the date of the enactment of this act, make available to the director for assessment and inspection all such material and information. I'm going to stop there. So they're saying if they pass this legislation, these guys are going to have 180 days to find Avril Haines. She's the director of national intelligence. They're going to have to take her to see the UFO. Now, let me say, this doesn't make me feel any better because I don't trust Avril Haines. I mean, just because they bring her in on the UFOs uh, doesn't mean they're going to bring me in on the UFOs. And so the legislation also says they're going to cut funding for any um, secret anomalous object uh, study programs. So uh, I don't know if that's good or bad, but um, at least they're, they're trying to get some more eyeballs on this problem. But I got to say, I am a little bit concerned that even this legislation doesn't really do what the Hill was telling us it was going to do. I would hate for this whole thing to get whitewashed and for them to just submerge it again like they do so often. And uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to keep following it to see what happens. Okay, so that's it for now. The next episode we're going to do will be an investigation of the life and publications of Whitley Strieber. If you don't know Whitley Strieber, since the late 1980s, he's been the guy who made grays, abductions, the idea of being probed, household concepts. So he's been a huge name, not really in UFOlogy, because I've noticed he's not a nuts and bolts UFO guy. He is somebody who kind of moves us in the direction of the esoteric, occult, and spiritual side of the phenomenon, because you'll see that he has some weird takes on some of this stuff. But it's important, I think, for people to know that if you believe in the greys, or you think that that's what aliens would look like, they'd have these big eyes and this oval-shaped head, and they abduct people, and they probe people— it kind of traces back to him. And if you don't believe it, well, it's also probably good to know that it traces back to him. Um, it's part of our history. It's part of the story of UFOlogy and this point of contact where UFOlogy bifurcated away from occultism and esotericism um, as it was traditionally understood, much like a crypto-terrestrial race bifurcating away from humanity 
after some kind of catastrophic event. So that's all for today. All right, everybody, get out there. It's the summer. I know that the smoke is in the air, but uh, I don't really care. Just get outside. Enjoy yourself. Thank you for listening. I've been Dane. Stay strange and stay sane.